Welcome to the Making It Podcast. I'm your host, Kyler Miles, and on this show, we interview guests about their journey of making their dreams a reality. Welcome to the Making It Podcast. I am your host, Kyler Miles, and I have on the podcast, Di Manuel. I love your name, bro. That's such a cool story. I know we're going to touch on it, but uh, Di is a world traveler. He is a storyteller. He is a life coach. He's a father. Uh, he is just a boss. You're just an awesome guy. We had a conversation, I think it was last week or maybe the week yeah. before, really touching on some stuff. But for the people who don't know who you are, give us a little short introduction. Where's your name come from and uh, who you are? Wow. Well, uh, first of all, thank you, Kyler. Uh, I guess, uh, yeah, the, the name I always, people get tripped up on it for sure. Uh, you know, my parents, uh, my father was a David. He also had other Davids in his family. And if you're familiar with Wales or, or Welsh culture and the language, I, I don't speak it. Okay. Uh, so I, I couldn't pronounce some of those 20 syllable words. Uh, but uh, when they have a pet form of the name David, it's die. So that's how they shorten it. So because they would actually pronounce it David, right? Right. What happened is to, to well, one to honor some of my Welsh heritage, uh, they they felt let's just go with the Welsh nickname, so that way there'd be less confusion in our household with my dad, who was also a David, mm-hmm. and so it just stuck. They started that right from pretty much, uh, you know, I could understand my name, you, you know, and uh, last name's Portuguese, so uh, there is a mix. <laughs> I always say it's when the Armada invaded some country, and uh, you know there was some cross pollination, and, and there it goes. Uh, I grew up wondering why do I have this name, and and. Uh, you know, when Google came around and I joke with my kids, I'm older than Google, but when you understand how SEO works, it's actually advantageous to have a unique name because mm. any social platforms, it's just my name, Diamond Well. Mm. My my website's diamondwell.com, you know. Yeah. So I'm really easy to get a hold of once you understand either how to say it or how to spell it. So yeah. <laughs> um, but but listen, I, I'm uh, 43 years young and uh, I've been on this crazy journey called life like a lot of us and just trying to absorb as much through the experiences that I've had and uh, I've had a lot of ups, uh, but I've had my fair share of downs too. And, uh, you know, not to, to, to spout off cliches, but, you know, it's those downs and what we do in those moments that, that often define our future uh, experiences, at least the, the, the filters through which we experience them or see them. And, mm-hmm. you know, whether it be morbid obesity as a teen to, to struggling with, with alcohol abuse as well as drug abuse, uh, which also led me to making some poor decisions and, and actions in my life. Uh, and, and this is just over 10 years ago. It's also uh, living with a chronic autoimmune disease. So I, I don't share these to, to make them defining moments, uh, but they were certainly moments that have influenced me a lot in life. And uh, listen, the last five years, I've been really focusing on being a full-time family with my family. I exited a company. I helped co-found. Uh, uh, and after 17 years, I was like, you know, this isn't floating my boat anymore. I don't feel passionate about this path any longer. And and, and it was, you know, some people call it sort of a, a, a mid-midlife crisis. <laughs> I mean, call it what you will, but I just came to a point where I was realizing I, I wanted to make a change. And fortunately, yeah. my wife was the same. My kids were open to it. And so we just did. We, we went for it without any plan B, but we just thought we'd do mm-hmm. it. And and so the last five years, yeah, we've been traveling. I, I, I support a lot of people in big transformations, either in their businesses or in their personal lives. Uh, usually it's both because <laughs> they're so t- intertwined. Yeah. And, uh, and I have a lot of fun doing that. So, so that's pretty much the, the, to give the quick snapshot overview of, of me, but I'm sure we'll get into some of that stuff later. Yeah. Well, when we were talking about earlier, you were telling me, yeah, how you basically moved from Vancouver, uh, British Columbia, where I'm from. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, and you went to, tell me all the places you lived because you, yeah. your entire family, which you're, you have two young daughters who were in high school. Right? Or one they are now. Age. They weren't they when we now. started. Yeah. When we started, let's see, this five years ago. So my youngest would have been barely 10 when we started. Mm-hmm. And actually she wasn't 10 quite yet. So she was still nine. And then my eldest would have been 11, almost 12 at the time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you, you know, it, we just basically packed up an SUV, um, gave away anything that didn't fit in it <laughs> or put it a little bit into a storage unit. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just made a decision to start going south. And, and you know, being Vancouver, West Coast, it, that, that West Coast drive is beautiful, especially as you head Gorgeous. south. And, and because we didn't have any fixed timelines at this point, um, it, it was sort of in conjunction with my book being released as well. So it sort of it nicely lined up that way because then we could also hit bookstores and, mm-hmm. and and connect with different communities that we'd fostered online to, to do some uh, offline events and connections. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we just slow traveled. 
And if people aren't familiar with that, that term, it's basically just taking your time as you're traveling. Uh, mm-hmm. There was no set, like we're going to be in this place for this day and, and stay this many nights. Like, no, we had no agenda that way. We didn't even have places to stay booked. Like we were <laughs> sort of just, let's just go. But we had a fair bit of friends. So we, we had an, enough couches and guest rooms to, that mm-hmm. we knew at any point in time, if we got to certain areas, all good. So we traveled the U.S., um, especially uh, during those colder months in Canada. We were down south, mm-hmm. and then we slowly made our way back up to Canada, traveled around Canada in the summertime, then went back down south. And, and so we did about two years of this yo-yo and back and forth in North America. And, and then we eventually went overseas to Southeast Asia, and uh, I spent uh, about two and a half years in Bali. My family spent about two. There was a six-month period there where I stayed by myself in Bali as my family relocated back to Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I joined them literally just a few months ago here all before uh, oh. that stuff, that global yeah. stuff turned up. It was just yeah. very fortunate. It didn't influence our decisions to move back. It, it just happened after the mm-hmm. fact. So uh, I'd like people to know that. It's what I really love about your story too is that like, a lot of times things, topics I touch on with this podcast is, mm-hmm. you know, going for your dream, going for this goal. And mm. what's preventing us from getting to that is fear, fear right. of the unknown. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, when you talk about uprooting your entire family, selling, yeah. let's say half of your stuff at least, right. mm-hmm. and to go travel with no plan will probably bring a lot of anxiety and stress with most of us. I'm sure it did with you. I'm not saying <laughs> oh, gosh, you're yeah. Superman, but uh, yeah. it, it's, it, it's so interesting how like those things that are unplanned that you just felt this need to go and you you went past this fear of yours and look at all turned out like your kids hmm. are world worldly kids now they have experienced sure. things yeah. that you know not a lot, some of us as adults have never experienced right so it's like yeah. such a crazy opportunity and i i love that and that's something i'm really trying to help with people on this hmm. podcast is, i love that challenging and, and you know it doesn't have to be exactly what you did right it doesn't have oh. to be it could be as easy as as confronting that person that you haven't talked to or mm. um maybe it is making that move but moving from in my case moving provinces that was yeah big for me right it's a big move man you went uh, west east and that's that's a that's a big move you know mm-hmm. big move yeah it was a big adjustment, right? Like yeah. uh, East Coast living to West Coast living is a big adjustment. And so someone was saying, say no, no, oh. no, <laughs> not quite yet. My girlfriend is slowly trying to help me, but nice. Uh, I love that. that. I love that. <laughs> the Quebecois language is uh, oh. very tough. I find it's yeah, yeah. No, I totally get it. I, a couple of my best friends that I made in Bali, uh, they're actually from Quebec, and uh, they're oh, back okay. there right now visiting with family. Obviously, with this this whole situation, and uh, yeah. but uh, great. But but I know when I would try to speak French with them, and I, I just. I lose it <laughs> I, I, because I, I grew up in Ontario and I, you yeah. know, French immersion okay. and uh, they, they tend to do more of the, the Parisian type of French. Right. And mm-hmm. so it's, it is very different, very different, but uh, especially the slang, I don't get it. And I don't understand yeah. it sometimes when they're talking to me, I'm like, Oh, you got to slow down. Yeah. Okay, yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> they, they love it when you try. Like I always oh, yeah. try. That's yeah. the biggest thing. It's yeah. just got to try, but exactly that. Like mm-hmm. this, like for the last year and a half, there's been so many unknowns and fears in my life mm. that I've tried and feel like I've grown and you can't grow without change. I find, yes. Right. Yeah. And that's the kind of point I'm trying to make with your story is that like you changed everything in your life mm. right. and it, what kind of perspectives did you gain? Like what was some of the, I mean, this is a big question, right? But, well, I have to be honest with you, uh, you know, Kyler, it, it... I did have quite a bit of stress and anxiety, especially when we got down to that last three to four months where we knew, you know, we're, we're moving into our place, we're getting rid of our stuff. We, we knew that this is the day where officially we do not have an address any longer, you know? And, and so I had amassed a bunch of stuff though. Like, even though we're, we're condo livers, you know, we still manage to fit every nook and cranny. And anyone that lives in a condo or an apartment, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's like, oh, we got half a cupboard here. Well, let's fill it, you know, like, and, and you, you forget how much stuff you tend to amass over the years. And some of the stuff, what, what I realized in myself, and, and, you know, we've transitioned to minimalists now, but going through that process of releasing that connection or that, that, and it's an emotional connection, especially because I, I started to look at some of the things I was releasing. So even just shoes and jackets and um, electronics, like certain things that I knew, we're not going to travel with this. And it's stuff I hadn't even touched for a long time, right? So it's like 
I don't even really think I would miss it. If someone would have taken it and I didn't know it had left, I probably would have never even cried over it or had that, uh, that uh, anxiety about releasing right. it or getting rid of it. But what I found out and when I really started to reflect on this, it, it was that connection that I had with the things that if I ever wanted to replace it. Because if we think about it this way, you know, we work, we earn a living. With that living, we then buy things right? We invest in things, uh, but we tend to buy a lot of stuff. You know, we collect things and, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm, I'm not here to say, don't do that. Consumerism is bad. I'm not here to say that at all. Some people misquote me or they take me out of context. And, and that's why I want to be very clear on this. But mm -hmm. what I realized was I started looking at some of these things and I was like, oh, you know what? I'd have to generate X amount in sales or work a certain amount of time and energy to earn the money to go buy that again if I ever need it. You know, and so I started looking at things as time and I was like, well, it took me a little bit of time to, to be able to, to get that pair of shoes or, or that That's jacket. And, and I started to realize that that was where my stress was coming. It was like, well, if I ever wanted that again, even though I'm not using it now and there's a, I had new pairs of shoes, my family, there's a, if you go back in our feeds, my wife shared a photo. We took, I live with three girls. Right. My wife, and my two daughters, mm -hmm. I had more shoes than all three of them combined. Okay. <laughs> Did I have a problem? You, a little you're one. Like me. I'm the same. <laughs> oh, man. My oh. stepdaughter and my girlfriend. I, like, oh, man. I, I have more shoes than both of them. They're just telling me that. I was like, isn't that funny? And and yeah. so she did a pile like in our hallway of my shoes and their shoes. And it was like a mountain versus a molehill, right? And I had shoes that were brand new. It's also, I, I run a website, you know, my blog and, and I have, uh, I've been in the lifestyle space for a long time, you know, 25 years. So I tend to get a lot of stuff sent to me, you know? And and so I had shoes that were brand new, never even worn yet. And, and yet I attached time and energy and effort. And, and, and so we create this, 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 real strong attraction think about it like a magnet right and it just like it was really hard for me to release that stuff and it wasn't until i started to really recognize that i was like well would i ever really want to get that again i didn't even use it like why am i feeling this way and so it took me a little bit of work to get through that but eventually when i moved past it and just said it's fine if i ever want that again i'll just go get another one you know and really sat with it and i was like man it was like it was a very nice feeling once i got through it but i'll tell you those three or four months of just my wife pulling stuff out. Hey, we, can we get rid of this? Like, you know, this, we're not going to take this with us traveling, right? Like, do you want to put this into storage? Like, da, 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 da. And uh, yeah, so eventually got through all that. But that, that was one of the most challenging things I experienced as we were prepping those last few months before we actually embarked on this global journey, if you will. So mm -hmm. yeah, weird, right? It, it's so weird. And, and I, I have moving here i can bring all the things i gathered in my apartment right, right? and yeah, so yeah. in a sense i had to really sit down and consider what i'm and what i'm bringing i'm paying for because yes. i'm flying it across the country i didn't drive i had to fly so <laughs> wow. it's it's like whatever i'm bringing i had to buy an extra suitcase and and it's like it's important mm. it's like this is means something valuable so yeah. yeah, I had a similar lesson to you. Like, what is really valuable? Can I buy this again? Is this really important to me? And yes. the things I bring and I look around my house is like, it is, it's memories that are yeah. priceless, right? Versus mm -hmm. things that maybe help me, maybe not. <laughs> or yes. nice for yes. the month yeah. that I bought it and I could flex <laughs> with my friends and, uh. and then that's it. No, um, it's, it's interesting. And I think a lot of us, we have these sort of connections to the things that we amass, right? And, and because when we buy them, they do provide us with a certain dopamine hit, we'll, we'll say, right? There's that certain satisfaction we get when we've acquired something. Like, and the way I always look at it, we don't necessarily like to buy things, but we do like to own them. <laughs> we like to have them, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and so going through that exercise of just releasing things, but also now, because as we became travelers, we knew we only had so much space. You know, we had a Thule on the top of the SUV and then we had the back of it. It was like, okay, if we can't fit it in here, it, we can't take it, you know? And, and so we slowly started to also whittle down some of the things that we packed in the SUV because we were like, we had stuff in there that we never even touched, <laughs> you know? Because again, these things that we started to think, oh, we're going to need this stuff, you know, at mm -hmm. some point. So it's better to have it and not need it, then need it, not have it. And that was yeah. at least our philosophy around that. And 
And very quickly we realized that, man, we don't need so much of stuff, you know? And, and we really got excited about having experiences. So that became the thing that we were collecting. We, we shifted from stuff to experiences. Mm. And, and so we've collected a lot of experiences over the last five years. And uh, I wouldn't trade a single one of those for, for something, you know? And uh, even since we've been back in, in Vancouver, we, we've maintained this minimalist lifestyle. And anytime we bring something new in, we always get rid of something. So mm. we're really cognizant of that. And uh, it takes discipline for sure. But I'll tell you, I, I don't ever want to get back to that place of stress and anxiety I felt before we started our travels. That, mm. that was not a pleasant few months for me. Um, mm. It was really challenging. And mm -hmm. uh, so uh, I, I, I feel for those people that move homes. Uh, moving stresses me out like crazy. It's right up yeah. there with the dentist, you know? It's yeah. like, what is going on here, you know? And so I feel for people. But, but I invite people. I'm like, if that really stresses you out, there's something there. So mm -hmm. it's something worth exploring. Just ask yourself some questions. Start saying, why do I feel triggered? Whenever this comes up, mm -hmm. whenever I start thinking about this kind of a thing, what is it about that? And usually there's something there that we can work through if we're willing to, to, to at least confront it and, and, and think about it, talk about it, work through it. And I'll guarantee that when you go through that process, you're going to come out the other side and you'll be looking back and you'll be like, why the heck was I so stressed and anxious? What, mm. it, it, because, you know, when you're in it, oh man, there's nothing worse. Mm -hmm. As soon as you get out of it, you're like looking back it's like man it wasn't that bad and you know there's psychological terms for this stuff but it, it literally is this perception and and after we get through it and when we're looking back on it it's never the same as when we were experiencing it mm. and, and so it's, it's just important yeah. to note these things about ourselves and, and just again it's just self-reflection right it's that mm -hmm. introspection that that self-awareness that we gain through these types of experiences if we take the time to reflect mm -hmm. so now that we're all in quarantine. We're all stuck yeah. inside and, you know, different areas like Vancouver seems to be improving a lot better. You guys yeah. are going to be opening some businesses soon. At least yes. what I've read. Yes. Montreal, we're slowly there. We're a little bit behind. We, we have mm -hmm. far more cases than you, so we don't know oh, yeah. what yeah. the future holds. But as of right now, we're all indoors. How can someone adopt this? You know, they're interested. Mm. They have all this time on their hands and they want to, you know, either get rid of stuff or even make some extra money you know, yeah. by selling it, right? Sure. Do you have any tips or advice for them? Because obviously I can tell it's really changed you, yeah. right? You're talking about yeah. um, trading things for experiences, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. how can someone leverage kind of your teachings, what you learned in the last five years mm -hmm. right now in the next, let's say five months while right. we potentially are in quarantine and things are really up in the air, right? We're not going to be able to go to restaurants yeah. for maybe 2021, right? So what can yes. people do with the extra time? Well, I guess it's, it's first of all, it is really reflecting on what are some of the, the, the things or, or more specifically, maybe some of the experiences that you'd like to have, you know, and, and what are some of the emotions you want to tap into on a more regular basis? Like, I, I can tell you very clearly, most people are very, they know the emotions they don't want to tap into, such as stress and anxiety and overwhelm, uh, even on the verge of burnout by, you know, over committing and, and not having the bandwidth or, nor the energy or or just the, the ability to follow through on some of those commitments because because that also creates a lot of stress and anxiety in itself. And so these emotions can be very crippling. Uh, for myself, I, I, I am an expert procrastinator. You know, like I, I am. That is what I do. When I get into that state, I withdraw. I, I will sometimes I'll, I'll get so bad that I'll, I'll start to, to, to whether they're real or not, it certainly feels real in the moment, but I, I make myself sick. You know, I'm like, oh, I'm not feeling great. You know, and it's usually because I just need to check out and take a break and Netflix and chill, right? Just, to, oh, I'm not feeling well, I'm going to take a day. Meanwhile, I haven't really dealt with the issue, right? I'm running away from it. And uh, so if anyone can relate to the procrastination piece, you know, it's this idea of putting things off and not following through on the commitments that we've made. And, and that ultimately compounds and not in a very positive way. And mm -hmm. so first of all, it's recognizing you have that tendency. And if you do... Okay, well, at least now I'm aware of it. But then it's starting to recognize what, what are the triggers or cues. And if you look at, you know, the science of habits, you know, they've been able to show this is very, very true, especially as you tie in some of the research on neuroplasticity and in the neurosciences and mm. this idea that our brain is ma ma malleable, uh, you know, like we can really formulate or sorry, form certain uh, habits uh, based on repetition of actions. But there's usually a cue or a trigger that then we, we experience that, we feel it, we sense it, 
And then there's a habit that immediately follows. And why we do the habit is it does provide some sort of a reward at the end, you know? And in my instance, it would be like, okay, I'm stressed and anxious here. Oh, well, what's the habit for me? Well, my habit is when I'm feeling overwhelmed like that, I'm going to figure out an excuse to buy myself some time to fully retreat. Mm. It's my reward. Well, I get temporary reprieve from that stress and anxiety, right? Uh, Mm. But it's only temporary. And and as an example, I shared with you, I used to abuse alcohol. Well, if I got stressed and anxious and I had a big day at work, I'd come home. That was my cue. I I knew that my habit would be I've earned myself a couple of drinks because it's going to make me feel better. I'm going to be able to just turn my brain off and and ignore Mm. any of the other life stuff that's happening to me. Mm. And, And so this cue habit reward became very hardwired for me to the point that, you know, I was valuing certain things over that of my family, you know, like Mm. really that's what it boils down to. Like I was choosing one over the other. Mm. And, and when you all of a sudden become aware of some of these patterns in yourself, you know, the Mm. patterns that after the fact, you're like, gosh, I really wish I didn't do that. Just as an example on the flip side. So people get a contrast on this, right? You, you, You know, before quarantine, a lot of people go to the gyms, right? They go to fitness centers, they go to classes, they go to spin classes, they're out there doing yoga, like they're active, but they're participating in these types of group environments or classes or or facilities. And nobody at the end of the day, after they've experienced exercise, ever reflect on that and say, geez, I really regret working out today. Like, have you ever heard anybody say that? I don't think anybody says that. They might complain like the joke, right? Oh, yeah. my legs, my butt hurts yeah, so bad. Yeah. All those squats. You know, they'll complain in a way, but jokingly. It's their way mm-hmm. of like, they're proud of their experience. Mm-hmm. But you don't reflect and say, I really regret doing that. We, we regret not following through on the commitment to go to the gym. Mm-hmm. And that creates a lot of guilt, a little bit of shame, maybe some self-blaming. Mm-hmm. But, but when you look at the patterns that are opposite that, the things that we look back at the end of the day, you're taking an account of everything that you did in the day. Mm-hmm. And you're like, geez, I didn't do this. I didn't do this. I didn't do this. There's a lot of those negative emotions that start to well up, right? Mm-hmm. But recognize these patterns, recognize these feelings and it, see what's causing them. You know, and what is your, your default mechanism for dealing with that or trying to bring yourself back around? And I find that many, and especially in my situation, they were self-sabotaging habits. Mm. You know, they were habits that weren't actually dealing with the issue, were only giving me temporary relief, weren't actually, they were more symptomatic, right? Not, not looking for root cause. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you become self-aware you know, Maslow talks about his hierarchy of needs and it's the self-actualization is the pinnacle, but you have to work through the layers. You got to first feel safe. You got to have a roof over your head. You got to food in your belly. You got to have a certain amount of safety. And then you start to ascend this hierarchy of needs to this point where you really start to, to elevate yourself psychologically, uh, maybe emotionally, physically, uh, spiritually. Mm-hmm. But you get to this point where all of a sudden now you start to see these triggers. And as soon as you know them, you replace them with a new habit. And that new habit can still create the same results, reward, but you have to repeat this and you have to do it regularly because mm. it's not something that just sticks after you do it once, just like going to the gym, right? Oh, I'm mm-hmm. going to get healthy. Like we see this a lot on January 1st, right? It's like, I'm going to become a runner this year and I'm going to go out and they do 10K on January 1st. They try to do it on January 2nd. Next thing you know, January 3rd, they're sitting on the couch with shin splints and they're like, well, that was a dumb idea. I quit. <laughs> Boom. Like what happened, right? Best yeah. of intentions. Mm-hmm. And, and this again gets down, you, you open up our conversation and talking about goals, right? Talking about this idea of what is the big lofty goal? What is that thing that you want to chase? What is it? What is it you want to do? Mm-hmm. These are big questions, man. And, and mm-hmm. they too take a fair bit of, of self-evaluation to, to get to a point where you can see a path clearly. Anyway, yeah. so, sorry, I start rambling on this stuff, but I'm really passionate about this because I spent a lot of time thinking about this mm-hmm. and, and living it, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but it's awesome love to it. become aware, right? As soon as you're aware, holy yeah. crap, it's like awesome. It's just mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I love it. And I, I feel like, you know, I, I live with my girlfriend, my stepdaughter. She has a podcast as well. Cool. And it's more about spirituality. It's more about mm-hmm. emotion. It's it's more about yeah. the insert, like the their internal self right Uh, she's been discovering two kind of similar thing talking to these people who have traveled or have studied religions of all different sites and and meditate and spirituality and she's been uh doing that like every single day and finding so much more about herself and you know she's taking the time to be with just herself and learn like oh i'm feeling anxiety because of covid you know she has family in italy and maybe it's mm. affecting her more than she thinks. And 
and she's really dealing with some of those things and helping me yeah. understand that. Right. So yeah. there's so many benefits to having, like you said, you, you, the big thing that you talked about, that I like is self-awareness. Yes. You gotta have that conversation with yourself when you're indoors, whether you're alone, you have a partner, uh, you have your family, you know, you do have a lot of alone time. Mm-hmm. Take the time, whether it be 10 minutes or an hour to have that conversation with yourself and be real. Yes. Right? It's hard to look yourself in the mirror and I'm the worst advocate of beating myself up. You talked about mm. how like we are our worst, like you didn't say it in these words, but we're our worst enemy, right? I, yes. I believe, yeah. and I don't have anything to back it up really, but that 90% of people are the reason why 90% is the reason um, that you don't do something. You know, 10% mm. is environmental. None sure. of us could predict <laughs> COVID. None of us could say right. we're going to be trapped indoors. Like that's obvious. But 90% of the time we, like you said, oh, I don't feel well. I'm feeling sick. I'm going to take a day off. That was our yeah. emotion causing us to act, you know, make an action, right? Yes. When yes. we should be doing actions to create the emotion we want, mm. right? And yeah. a lot of what you're saying, um, when you're saying it, I'm thinking like, yeah, like it, it really comes down to that building and having that conversation with yourself, mm-hmm. building your own self your self-awareness. What am I good at? What do I like? And mm-hmm. you're not sure what to like, you know, you, you just went into it, right? You, yeah. you just like, okay, I, I'm not feeling passionate about this. I want to do something else. And you acted. And I yeah. love that, right? Even though it caused you stress, you know, you learned a mm-hmm. lot of, about it, right? So, and yeah. You talked about it at the beginning, you talked about fear, right? I mean, there's the fear of unknown, the fear of success, the fear of change. I mean, I, I, I found, you know, different shades of all of those as I was going through that process. And, and believe me, it, it took, I, I still don't know the exact time. My, my wife would be better at this. She's, she's way better at dates and stuff. And, uh, but I think it was about, it must've been close to a year and a half, about 18 months from the time that we really got to that point where we said, you know what, we'd really like to do this. This is something. And, you know, and she'd been dripping on me, listening to family travel podcasts and world schooler <laughs> podcasts. Like, so she was doing that at, at her current career path. She had a lot of time to listen to podcasts. So she was filling her head with all these amazing, um, well, third-party experiences that people had been sharing about, but also showing us that there's a different way to live life that's more in alignment with some of the things that we're excited to do and mm-hmm. wanting to do. And so, because it's always nice to see other people that are already doing some things that you want to do, because then it's like, okay, well, if they can do it, I know I can do it too. You know, there's that belief that's reaffirmed by seeing someone else succeeding uh, in areas that you personally want to succeed, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, But it took 18 months of me wrapping my head around that because you know i'd been already at that point spending over 15 years working that same career you know as a co-founder junior partner of a company that was scaling i I had a very responsible and senior role Mm -hmm. uh and and i thought i was on that path and this is where i'm meant to be continuing going onward you know and uh and then also when doubt starts to come in mind and you start to question well why do i really want to be on this path and you start to look at what your value systems are and really tie why am i so stuck on this mm-hmm. i started realizing it wasn't necessarily my vision or passion that i was chasing but it was more so what i believed uh other people expected of me mm-hmm. <laughs> uh as well as looking at some other people you know one of my mentors and my partner at the time he's 20 years my senior you know the ceo of the company and i was the coo slash cmo and and uh I realized, you know, looking at him and working with him for almost two decades, I, I, he'd influenced me heavily. And looking at his life and his lifestyle, of course, he was 20 years ahead of me uh, and, and thinking that's what I wanted. But when I started to really reflect on it and look at it, I was like, you know what, this is, I want his life, but not my own. Why? Why? <laughs> like, why is that? And, and I was valuing things. I was valuing status and which was out of alignment with some of my core values, you know, like family and fitness and finances and, and, and faith and all these other aspects or pillars of my life, I, I was not necessarily living into those fully. And, mm-hmm. and that creates self-doubt. It creates, um, well, it, it creates room for, for stress and anxiety. Mm-hmm. You know, the, 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 it, there's, again, psychology has different ways of explaining this, but uh, I, I definitely had these polar opposites and this little internal battle happening and, and recognizing that it's like, okay, well, I want to make a change. I just got to make a change. You know, like it's so funny, right? Like we, we tend to overcomplicate things and I am very guilty of this. I I start thinking, well, what about this? What about this? What about this? And you know, these are again, future setting, 
things that will probably never happen, you know, ever. <laughs> and, and yet that's where a lot of the worry happens, right? It's that mm -hmm. fear of the unknown. And it's like, mm -hmm. well, what can I do right now to actually start getting closer to what we want to achieve? And you just start to make little steps, you know, mm -hmm. and it's cliche, right? Like we talk about smart goals, right? Specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, time-bound goals. Mm -hmm. But it's so functional. It works. And, yeah. uh, but you got to go through a process. You have mm. to follow the steps. And mm. fortunately, there's been lots of people that have already laid the foundation for us. We just got to go and plug in mm -hmm. and just go through it. And, and it, there's no timeline on it. Mm -hmm. You know, it just comes down to like, well, how quickly do you want to make this change? Would you like to have it right away? Or is this something that you're thinking two, three, four, maybe 10 years down the road? That's no problem. doesn't mean you stop working towards it, mm -hmm. but, but be honest with yourself. You know, and uh, I know as soon as we made that mental shift, we're like, we just couldn't wait. We couldn't wait. We were excited. As much as I was stressed and anxious about releasing all that stuff and, and moving into this new lifestyle, I was more excited for the change than the idea of staying where I was, mm -hmm. you know, which became yeah. the motivation. So. Yeah. My heart was racing when I was on the plane moving. I was like, <laughs> looking outside, I was like, oh my God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> totally, it's, right? It, it, it's a, yeah, you, I, I know that feeling where you're stressed, but you're excited at the same time. It's that weird, like, and that's where your, your heart is literally racing. I, I felt it yeah. racing for almost five hours. Like it was, I didn't wow. sleep. Yeah. Awesome. Um, just going back on what you said. So we yeah. laying out the foundation, right? You said self-awareness. I think that is a key important step. You have to know yourself. And if you don't mm. know yourself, I think trying and sampling to discover it because if you're younger, mm -hmm. you haven't tried enough things, tried enough experiences, you don't know what you don't know, right? So you got to try right. it. <laughs> I like what you said about, you, you were talking about fear of others, mm -hmm. you know, like that was a big thing. So you've been pondering this idea to, you know, travel for 18 months. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure it came up, uh, came up to your mind that what are people going to think? Oh gosh. And I totally. think for yeah, me, absolutely. stop me nine times out of 10. Mm -hmm. Anything I want to do, I don't know what are my friends going to think. What is my family going to think? What have the people on social yeah. media? Oh think? man, it's amazing what happens. How how do you come? Like how did you get over that fear? Because I find mm -hmm. that is the biggest fear that I've talked about. People like I talk about making content and stuff, and people want to now have a personal brand, and they're like, well, how do I do this? Do mm -hmm. I? Do this? And, and they, they start like stressing, just talking about it. And, yeah. and I say, you know, you got to take a step back and similar steps that you're sharing. You have to know yourself, how you communicate and don't be afraid what people say. Yeah. Like you, you, you just can't be, cause it's, this is what you're passionate about. Like you're mm -hmm. going to surround yourself with people that love you, but how, how do you come over this fear? Well, that's a great question. And it didn't happen like instantaneously, right? It, it's sort of one of those things where you just recognize that it's there and, and just knowing that it's there is, is a good place to begin, right? Is that, okay, I do have a fear around this. Why, why do I, you know, and, and, and what is my concern? Why do I fear judgment so much and, and others' opinions so much? And, and there's often a lot of stuff you got to dig up to really get to the root cause of that. But what really turned me on to this was a number of years ago, I, I, read a book called The Five Regrets of the Dying. And it's a book by a woman by the name of Bronnie Ware. She's an Australian. Uh, I'm pretty sure she was an RN or, or she would help people in long-term care facilities, but also uh, like hospice type settings. So these are typically okay. elderly people that are at end of life. Mm -hmm. And uh, she had quite the bad manner because she actually became friends, you know, became, was very friendly with these people and had conversations with them. And you know, one of the topics or themes that would often come up is, you know, is there anything that you regret not doing in your life? You know, and, and what she found was there was five themes that kept popping up, like five, basically five regrets. And mm. one of the top five regrets that most people have at the end of their life is I wish <laughs> I'd lived the life I wanted to live and not the life I believed other people's expected of me. Mm. When I heard that, I was like, damn, <laughs> you know, like, that is not a regret I want to have. I don't want to be looking back on, on end of life and be like, oh, you know, that time when we could have gone traveling. I really wish we just went for it. You know, uh, Tim Ferriss does an excellent thing uh, around fear setting. You know, his TED Talk talks about this and this idea of like, well, well, what is the worst that can happen if we do this? You know, like if you're going to go and do something, mm -hmm. there is the fear of the unknown, but it's more so the result, like we're afraid of the potential result, not living up to what we've envisioned or what we planned for. So there's unknown there, but there's fear around that. Well, 
start asking yourself, well, you know, and this and what I'm doing is I'm trying to strip away the emotion, right, from that and, and be like, well, what is really, truly the worst that could happen? My wife and I looked at ourselves and we're like, okay, what's the worst that can happen if we do this? Well, we run out of money. We don't figure out a way to make some money online to, to sustain our travels. And we'll have to go back and get jobs. Oh, well, mm. I mean, that was really, that was the worst we could come up with. You know, and obviously you can guess on us. Oh, we could have a car accident. We get, I mean, but we could have that at home too. Like that, that's yeah. nothing really different. You know, I think um, that's an excuse. I think it, well, that's, exactly. Yeah. And that's like getting far-fetched. But when we really started thinking about what are the immediate fears or immediate things that, that could prevent us, and it really got down to that. It was like, well, you know, we'd have to come home and we'd probably have to live with one of our parents and get mm-hmm. our feet back on the ground, get set up again. But we're both highly employable, very skilled people. Like, that wasn't a real fear. You know, mm-hmm. we all of a sudden realized it wasn't rational mm-hmm. because most of our fears are irrational. Mm-hmm. And so we have to challenge them. We have to actually ask ourselves, well, why do I feel this way? Is it true? <laughs> a lot of the times it's not true, uh, but we have to go through that process, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and that self-reflection and asking those questions. And, and so that's probably the best place to begin, in, in my opinion, through personal experience, is just reflecting on that and, and getting really clear with yourself. Like, what is the thing that's holding me back? But just back to that, that those five regrets, you know, there's four more regrets, but that was the one that really stuck out to me. And, and then the other one that always um, I think about it is, I wish I allowed myself to be happier. This implies that happiness is a choice. You know, and and that we can either choose to allow us ourselves to experience more happiness through the life that we're living or or we compromise on that to to do other things that aren't really going to increase our happiness quotient. Right. Mm -hmm. And and so that one always stuck out to me, too. It's like, oh, geez, that's a man. I don't want to be on my deathbed and thinking back and, and have these regrets, especially because now I'm aware of them. You know, I'm aware that these are common things that people at the end of life. Are regretting i'm like well i don't want to have that as my situation you know so i always tell people look up um the te- her tedx talk you know or ted talk where, where brawny where talks with the five regrets of the dying and goes through this and it's it's very inspirational and if you want to go one step further check out her book you know it's mm-hmm. it's it's wonderful but again it, it like i said earlier it, it's like will you ever you know at the end of the day think back and say man i really regret working out today no you're never going to say that <laughs> but but start challenging the things that you do regret at the end of the day well why do you regret mm-hmm. that Okay. And you'll start to notice certain patterns and and that's the best place to begin. It's just like a GPS. You need two coordinates to figure it out, right? Like you need where you're starting, where you want to go. The GPS tends to plot it. We're just fortunate enough in our lives that we have mentors, we have coaches, we have teachers, we have friends and people that have had similar experiences or maybe have already worked through some of those types of challenges connect with those people, get around those communities Mm -hmm. because you'll find that they're going to help you navigate that path more effectively than you could on your own. Mm -hmm. But it's a choice. You got to take the action, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. Anyways, long-winded answer to your simple, well, it wasn't quite a simple question, but I I felt it was was needed to give it context, you know, (laughs) like it just, I felt it was, uh, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. No, no, I I love exactly what you said because that's, that's what I did. And I can only really pull from my own experiences. I always talk about it, Yeah. but uh, it's the most relevant to me. So Mm -hmm. when I was moving, I said the same thing. I said, well, okay, what's the worst that can happen? Like, okay, (laughs) I don't get a job. Yeah. We don't work out. I move back home. You know, mm-hmm. my parents are, are supportive of me. I'm lucky enough that I could move back home and, and be financially taken care of until I get mm-hmm. back on my feet. And then I pay yes. them back, you yeah. know, not everyone has the same opportunities as correct. that. Of correct. So it's, right. it's very different. But for me, that was the risk. And yes. that was enough of a risk. I said, you know what, this is worth it. I want to go for it. I want to do this. I want to try something new. I want to experience something that I've never experienced before. Mm-hmm. And now I have this whole new perspective on life, a whole new perspective on happiness. I was very financially driven in Vancouver. Now I'm more driven to find happiness and love mm-hmm. and, and, ex- and like experiences, right? Like we yeah. spend our money traveling above all else. Like we live in a, you know, two bedroom apartment, nothing fancy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's so true that regrets thing. I don't want to be on my deathbed regretting that I didn't pursue my passion for photography or mm-hmm. I didn't do all the things I wanted to do. And, and it's okay. If, you know, you talk about the coordinates, I love that, you know, analogy that if you get to that destination and find out maybe it's not the right place, yeah, pick it, you can pick a new destination, right? Yeah. And, and there's so change. many opportunities and, and like a destination that GPS it's, 
never straight. It's mm-hmm. always zigzagging, you know, trying to find the route, the best route, right? So yeah. I think that's life. It's never going to be linear, never going to be, there's, there's always going to be hiccups and challenges and bumps and construction, especially in Montreal, a lot of construction. Mm-hmm. So yes. Yes. always uh, big turns and stuff. So I, I love everything you said. And it's so, it's so true. And why I love this podcast is because no matter what industry you're in, what you're trying to do, you all have a dream or a goal, whether that is to become the CEO of your company or that VP or start your own business or just mm-hmm. be happier in life and enjoy. This applies to pretty much everything. Yes. And, and keep in mind, you know, who's the best CEO of your life? Well, you, <laughs> you know, it's like, who's the boss of your life? You are, you know, like really at the end of the day. And of course we have responsibilities. I have two kids. I have a wife. Like I know I've got responsibilities. So those are just as much, I mean, they're really at the end of the day, they're all self-imposed, right? Like, I mean, I could lead them. I, mean, I wouldn't even fathom that idea. Yeah, you know, the yeah. idea of losing them is there's obviously a lot of pain and, and that would ensue a lot of suffering and yeah. it's not a path I would choose. But at the end of the day, we are free willed individuals that have a choice mm-hmm. and we can go whatever path we want. And, you know, just to put some people's mind at rest, you know, what we're talking about here is nothing new. Uh, over 2,500 years ago, there was a gentleman by the name of Siddhartha and he became enlightened, the enlightened one aka buddha <laughs> you know and and he said this too shall pass and now he wasn't referencing just bad things you know as we perceive bad things but also mm-hmm. good things right this too shall pass is the idea of impermanence and that is the only guarantee that we have in the entire well as far as i'm concerned in everything mm-hmm. is that nothing nothing stays the same nothing it's always changing everything it's one of those things you can either fight it or you can embrace it. And, and, and you know, and this, and, and I'm, I'm not a Buddhist, but I, I recognize a lot of those teachings and they make a lot of sense. I, I'm mm-hmm. looking at it from a, a non-secular pair of eyes, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I did a 10-day Vipassana, you know, 10-day silent retreat. And my gosh, man, you, you talk about reflection and self-reflection and, and you don't realize how noisy your own voice is in your head until yeah. you've got nothing else around you for 10 days sitting on a pillow, but your own voice in your head, you know, and, uh, it, you know, they talk about the no mind and this getting to this. Pl- I, I mean, I didn't get there, you know, like it, mm-hmm. it, it was always there, but you learn how to manage it. And that's why I'm a big fan of meditation and mindful meditation specifically, you know, mm-hmm. and, and but but back to this point of change, it's like, yeah, we can fight it. Or we can embrace it and we can recognize that all the good things that happen in our life, they don't last. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's when we're trying to hold on to those things. And this is why, you know, in Buddhist teaching, he talks about the suffering in life, right? It, it's actually not COVID. so much. Yeah, well, exactly. Right. Like it's, it will pass. Mm-hmm. Life will be different, mm-hmm. but do you want to fight that change? I, I mean, it's, it's pretty hard if you want to fight it. Mm-hmm. Like, really because <laughs> some people are though well, in the States. They are, <laughs> and it's it is like crazy right like yeah. i mean and it's awful i know a lot of people have, yeah. have lost their life around this you know and and i i, I, I being someone with a chronic autoimmune disease i, I haven't left my home i've gone mm-hmm. for a few walks here and there but i'm a highly compromised immune system i'm you know my hematologist would like me to live in a bubble so i i know what it's like to be in that high risk and to have the concerns around contracting a virus especially because i have no defense system against that so mm-hmm. uh i i can empathize with with some of the fear people are feeling but i'm not here to fight it i, I, I know this is the situation this is the present moment where we are right now i'm gonna make choices that's the best for me right now mm-hmm. you know without this fearful ideation yeah. of what may be and what may not be because yeah. I just don't know. I don't know really at the end of the day, you know? So uh, there's lots of, I mean, obviously things you can pull out of that, but uh, th- this idea of the the judgment of others, sit with that one, ask yourself, why do I value that? And it usually has something to do with ego and how we perceive ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, and because usually, and, and we had people reach out to us like, how are you guys doing this? Are you guys crazy? What about your kids schooling? You know, like they were just saying stuff to my wife and I, and we're just like, you know, we don't care. I don't care. We're not doing it for you. Yeah. We're not doing it to impress you. I don't we're not remember 10th yeah. grade math. I don't and remember 10th grade science. Oh, oh, funny story. I remember my daughter in grade four. No, it was five, I think at the time. And I got called in by her math teacher. You know, like her teacher on math because my daughter quoted me, you know, she was doing long division. I'm like, 
you're never going to need this stuff ever. Like, this is stupid because I couldn't remember how to do it, right? And I'm like, just YouTube it, whatever. You're never going to need this stuff. Just just get through it, you know? And when she told the teacher, oh, my dad no. says, I don't need to know. This is stupid. So I got called in by her teacher, this Russian teacher. And it, it was rather funny. And yeah. uh, I was like, mm, well, yeah, I kind of said that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I owned it. But yeah. but it's like, you know, we are our children's mentors. And, yeah. uh, and I've realized I've, I've got to not let my own biases and opinions influence that of my children's because it, it does influence them and they will repeat right. everything that it's I true. say and do, you know? So uh, it just made me a bit more aware of that. But, but, but this is reflective in society as a whole, right? Like we, we especially with social media and the prevalence of that in our lives nowadays, like it, it influences a lot of us, at least the way we think, the way we feel, uh, the way we communicate, like it's, it's remarkable. But mm-hmm. do you buy into all that? Do you take all that as is, as truth, you know, or, 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 do you always look at it with a questioning eye, you know, a questioning mind and, and honestly asking ourselves, well, how's this relate to me? And, and so I, I, I love that you're a content creator, you, you know, kind of like, and I, I love that because you can probably relate to this. I don't consume a lot of content. I, I, I produce a lot of content. I choose to spend my time. If I'm going to spend time on social or anything online, my time's going to be vested in producing content that educates, inspires and motivates and hopefully do it in a fun way. And then engage with those that engage with my content. That's it. I don't go and swipe and scan the, my feeds. Like I, I just, it's something that I chose because I recognized how it started to affect me emotionally mm-hmm. and psychologically. That that FOMO, that that idea of like, oh, look at that person. Look at everything they're doing. Why can't I do? You know, like it just started creating all these sort of negative emotions in me, and I didn't mm-hmm. like that. So yeah. I just said, you know what? Enough of that. I'm gonna, yeah. you know, guard my inputs. Because what we put between the ears, right? Like whatever goes in here and, and massages that muscle between the ears, it influences us in such a big way. And yeah. Jim Rohn talks about us. We're the net yeah. sum of the five closest relationships that we have. Well, he's, mm-hmm. he's pretty he's pretty accurate with that. You know, like mm-hmm. look at who you hang out with. Who's influencing you? Mm-hmm. And he starts the to really thing for social. It's yeah. the same thing for social. Crazy. Like I auditing who you follow. Like we mm. we forget that we choose who we follow. Right. You are the reason why you see whatever is in front of you on that screen. <laughs> if you right. are, if you get ads for something, it's because you looked it up somewhere else and people get upset. Yes. Yeah. And because I'm a content creator, I understand yeah. what happens, right? So yeah. if you're looking something up, how to get in better shape, you're going to get ads about getting in better shape. Yes. You know, that's a positive one that you're looking at. But if you're looking at something not so positive, that's negative, you know, in your life mm-hmm. and you're constantly seeing it, you have to, you know, a good first step, maybe be click the unfollow. You don't have to go yes. far. Like, I guess I would find it hard to like not consume anything. Right. right. It's like my entire yeah. life. Yeah. But for me, unfollow was the biggest thing. Like I had to audit who and who I know, who I want to yes. follow. And I want to keep that connection with. And also people in my life who, you know, I, I've been friends with for years and I mm-hmm. had to, I can't deal with their negativity. I can't yes. deal with it. And it affects so much. Like, and, and mm. Tanya and I, like my girlfriend, and I like see this so much more now. Yeah. And um, people are, are posting things about COVID-19 and, and yeah. it is horrible. Like I said, if, if sure. you are, you know, going through something of a lot, a family member, that's a loss, like hats off to you. Like it's, yeah. it's a deep, deep. Oh, it's awful. Like, cut, you know, yeah. it's awful. Yeah. But if you're one of the lucky ones that you're healthy and you have family that's healthy and you're just consuming content and you're, I don't know, you're, you're not doing anything about it. it it's tough. Like yeah. people are, are still negative, although they have all the opportunities in life. And that's I right. think it comes to perspective. I always bring this up every single podcast because I think having a new perspective, right? Because you don't know mm-hmm. what the mirror, the reflection, the that's right. uh, what's passive, yeah. what it looks like. Until yeah. you experience it, right? I would never have known what life is like in Montreal unless I moved here. That's now right. I have a yeah. great appreciation for Vancouver and the amazing mm-hmm. weather. Yes. Like before <laughs> I was like, oh, uh, what? It's always sunny. It's always nice. Yeah. I like it. It's just funny because we were talking about how it's snowing. <laughs> yeah. Montreal. Right. And in Vancouver, <laughs> uh, it's what? 16. It's like summer now. Days. Yeah. It's going to be 23, 24 this weekend. So it's like, whoa, dude, it's summertime. You know, it's, it's so, great. Yeah. perspective right like yeah growing, you, you know appreciating those things when it is a nice day and and mm-hmm. montreal is very beautiful it's very sad that we can't experience the the like it's, it's so multicultural it's so a vibrant mm-hmm. city and seeing the city shut down and quiet is so sad yeah. um 
my point is <laughs> perspective, you know, it's, it's all yeah. about that. But you, you know, you, you brought up a really valid point and, and I think it's important to note because if you start thinking about how do we learn and how do we shape perspective, it does come through ex experience, right? Or, or learning through other people's experiences, you know, being taught, you know, maybe we're told something, maybe we watched something, maybe we heard something, but we always have to question that because it's not, you know, it's not through direct personal experience. So it's a different type of, of knowledge or wisdom being gained. I, I usually think about wisdom as more practical knowledge, you know, it's mm -hmm. knowledge in action right. uh, that creates an immediate influence where, where general knowledge is like, you know, what, what's the tomato, right? I, I ask this question of people when I'm doing keynotes sometimes, I'm like, what's a tomato? And, you know, people will yell out, oh, it's a fruit. I'm like, great, you passed grade school, you know, like it is a fruit. But this is where knowledge becomes wisdom is when you take that tomato, do you put it in a fruit salad? Because logically we would think fruit goes in a fruit salad. Put a tomato into a fruit salad. Do that one time. It's like, ugh. <laughs> like, I won't do that. Again. But that has now become personal wisdom by you going through that experience of trying to put a tomato in a fruit salad. So that's sort of how I gen generally explain the difference between knowledge and wisdom. Right? That's and, cool. I like that. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, but the, here's the important thing to note is we learn through contrasts right? Like, like what you were saying there, for you to truly appreciate Vancouver, you had to leave Vancouver. You had to go live somewhere else. But now you've got two contrasted viewpoints. And now you can recognize what you like about both. Where are the things that you don't like about both? And why? But you have more context now because you actually have personal experience. And it's like to truly understand what it's like to live in a warm environment. <laughs> you, you also have to live in a cold environment, mm -hmm. right? Because it's, again, we can just go by the numbers like Celsius or Fahrenheit and try to base it on that. But if you've only ever lived in a tropical climate, never experienced cold like we have in Canada, you really don't know. You just mm. don't know. And so th these, these ideas up and down, what does that mean? You know, well, you've got to go through those experiences. And, uh, you know, I really became very aware of this uh, three and a bit years ago when my father passed away. You know, like mm. it, it, it was the first time where an immediate family member, I had lost someone to, to, to death, you know, like they permanently lost someone that I, that I loved. And going through that, that loss, you know, that, that idea that I'm never going to be able to have a conversation with my dad again. You know, I'm never going to be able to have an experience. I'm never going to be able to call or just a conversation. Like experiencing that made me value the relationships I do still have so much more, you know, and, and the time that we have with one another. And I'm not saying that we have to go through those experiences, but we will at some point in our lives. And it, it teaches us if, if we allow it to. And, and so I, I always like to invite people, you know, don't, don't shy away from the tough stuff. You know, like the yeah. tough stuff. Yeah, we all are going to have it. We, we it, it, I'm reading a book right now called Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor uh, Frankl. And uh, he survived the Holocaust, you know, and he was in an interesting position being in his 20s when he experienced like Auschwitz, you know, like one of the most infamous, uh, you know, Nazi camps, uh, gas mm -hmm. camps. Um, and, and it's awful, awful. Some of his recollections and, and what he shares in his experiences are, are very traumatic and very, you know, I run a men's group and we have a book club and we're reading it this month. And I've got one guy in particular, he's like, based on some of his background and history, it's triggering him, you know, because his mm -hmm. family has been through something similar, but mm -hmm. in the Asian uh, communities where they grew up and uh, it, it's, it's, it's not easy, but, but what he brings up in this book is because he was a psychologist, you know, in his early twenties. So he was able to, to, to almost remove himself and be able to just observe what was happening, you know, psychologically and emotionally and physically and, and really recognizing all these connections, especially spiritually. And, mm -hmm. Uh, why I'm bringing this up is, is in the book, he's got some very poignant ideas that, that, you know, by him going through that experience, obviously he's got a different type of awareness, but the idea is we're all going to have suffering in our lives. You know, Buddha talked about this over 2,500 years ago. He just said, life is suffering. Um, but, but Frankel takes another step and he says, listen, it's, it's what you do with the suffering. It's recognizing that we are going to have suffering in our lives and having the courage to work through it to, to, to go through it and, and, and deal with it. You know, it is going to be crappy. It's going to be awful and it's not going to be pleasant, but we go through it. I don't want to say proudly because that's probably yeah. not the best way to put it, but we, we accept it and we deal yeah. with it and, and we learn through it, you know, and, um, I, uh, obviously I'm only, uh, three quarters of the way through the books. So I can't give you all the stuff, but I would recommend yeah. that people look it up. It's a short read yeah. and, uh, oh, wow. what, what deep, deep, uh, learning in that. And, and that is something I would never, ever want anyone to ever experience what he experienced, but it's wonderful that we can learn through his experience.
Mm-hmm. And, and he also provides some amazing insights. And, and I'm like, why did I just start reading this book now? I would have loved to have been introduced to that book, you know, 30 years ago, even in my early teens, because mm-hmm. I think it would have heavily impacted and shaped wow. some of my perspective. Um, yeah. So, so anyways, that, that's just, again, to sort of close the loop on this conversation we've been having on change and perspective and, and, and life, mm-hmm. you know, I, I didn't think it would be fair if we didn't at least mention death. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And it's a, it's a great point, you know, and, and um, my girlfriend is, she went through the unfortunate thing. She's lost a lot of family oh, and, and I, I, I'm, I'm like, I, I've lost, you know, my grandparents, but no immediate yeah, family members. So I haven't mm-hmm. personally experienced it, but yeah. she is the, like the strongest and the most like, you know, wise person that, that way and taught me so much on, on perspective, on experiences, right? Like I said, in Vancouver, um, I wanted the nice apartment, the nice car, the nice things. Yeah. And coming here, you know, she took me to amazing festivals and, and new new dishes and new uh, uh, cultures, you know. And, and yes. I, yes. it sounds naive, but I didn't have that exposure. I didn't have those experiences. And so I, mm. you know, I learned so much <laughs> through that. And so does she. And so there is lessons in everything, right? Through yes. Through what we're talking about, through life, through change, through death. And I think the, yeah, we're talking about everything, fear. I think change is the overarching kind of topic we're talking about and sure. how it can, how we can embrace it and change ourselves with it mm-hmm. right, for the better. And you're right. We can take an active role or be reactive, you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, and I think it's always nice to feel like we're in an active role or, or, or in some cases being proactive, right? Like, what can we do to prep ourselves for some of these changes, you know? And, and, and I think there's some exercises anybody can plug into, and we've shared quite a number of them in this conversation today, you know, and, but it's not like go do all of the things we talked about. It's just like, just start with one, just start. That resonates with, that. with you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But, but that's how it all begins. You know, it, it starts with someone making a choice and then following it up with an action. It, it is that simple. I always tell people, you know, when they ask me about, well, <laughs> Because we do know the influence of community and, and association and how it affects us, either negatively or positively. And it's not really a neutral thing, you know, like, and as much as we try to think that other people's opinions don't influence us, they do, you know, especially if it's people that are close to us. And so we have to guard who are we closest to, recognizing that this is a tendency that happens. And uh, I often say, you know, if you want, <laughs> if, <laughs> how do I, the, the easiest way to explain it is like, it, it if you want to change the people around you, mm. change the people around you. You know, like it, it, it's like this idea that um, if, if oh, fit, like change the actual people. Yeah, oh, I yeah. <laughs> like because it, it's something. no, but it, you know, it's a bit of a play on words. But it, the, the idea itself is that you know the easiest way to make that change is just to make the change and and recognize that you're looking with at new people. Exactly, and and I look at all the big experiences I had in my life, and all the biggest learnings have come through changing association you know reflecting on who do i need to be around or who specifically who can help me get to where i know i want to get you know or where who i want to be who am i involved evolving into and taking that active proactive role in that process not not just you know letting things happen by chance i'm like no i, I want to you know it's like uh, photography right you, you recognize this is a passion this is something you want to go after well what do you do do you just sit around take a couple online courses and just hope for the best well no <laughs> you're proactively doing something about it you know and and you're going for it you're taking mm-hmm. action bringing you closer and closer and closer to what you envision mm-hmm. but you had to make a choice and you had to follow it up with an action so that's mm-hmm. like you know I, I, I think tony robbins talks about this all the time right and so does joe, joe dispenza you, you know i don't know if people follow joe dispenza i'm, I'm sure your, your your girlfriend does yeah um, you know he's he's a really big on epigenetics you know on the power of the mind mm-hmm. especially how it affects us physically uh but but there's a saying that he he says and it always hits me and it's like you know where your attention goes your energy flows yes yeah. You know, and Tony Robbins says it too, yeah. a little bit differently, but there's a lot of people that say that statement, but it was always Joe Dispenza's that's resonated with me, you know, and, and, and it's so true, right? Like wherever we put our attention, that's where the energy is going to go. If our attention is on, oh man, life sucks. Uh, I really hate my situation. I hate my job. <laughs> right? Well, where's all your energy go? Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. all going to that negative emotion. You're reinforcing mm-hmm. it over and over. 
you know, so, so I challenge people, where is your attention? Where's the majority of your attention and your energy is being vested mm-hmm. these days? Is because it Netflix? It, well, is it, that's uh... right. Yeah. I, listen, I binged on Tiger King. Okay. I, I admit it. I own it. Oh my gosh. It was like a train wreck, but I couldn't help myself. It was such but, an entertaining show. At that moment in time, <laughs> that was where your attention was. And that's where your energy that's went right. to. And, and it, I made a it, choice though. Yeah. Yeah. I it's actively okay. said it's okay. It's like yeah. cheesecake. I like cheesecake. Even though I'm slightly lactose intolerant, I love cheesecake. But when I have it, well, I tell this to people, my nutrition clients. So I I do life coaching, but I specialize in fitness and nutrition and mindset. You know, those are the the, the three pillars that I focus on when I'm working with people around life. And and because they're all important, right? They're all important. They're all connected. But this idea we, we have associated with certain foods is often influenced by media. You know, like we look at food and we give it a label like, well, this is a bad food. This is not, this is not a good food. You know, this is evil, you know? And, and, and meanwhile, these are often foods that we actually enjoy eating. Mm -hmm. And so all of a sudden we're in a situation, we're presented with a piece of cheesecake and we've, we've now told ourselves, no, that's bad. That's bad. It's evil. Yet we go ahead and we have a bite or we have a full piece. And then what happens in our mind? Oh my goodness. I'm not good. I'm failing. Mm. I'm, I'm, and, and these negative emotions of shame and blame and guilt, they all well up in us. Why? Because we've attached this moral position to something that really in no right mind should have a moral position. You know, it's Mm -hmm. neither good nor bad. It's just cheesecake, man. (laughs) And we attach the value to it. And so I invite people that I work with. I'm like, I don't care if you have the cheesecake, but when you're having it, own it. Mm-hmm. Don't let it like, oh, the cheesecake made me eat it. No, <laughs> I want you to be fully aware of your choices and own it and be proud yeah. of it. But recognize, you know, the value in yourself and the changes you want to live into. You recognize this isn't an everyday thing. This is a mm-hmm. special occasion. I'm having it. I love it. Mm-hmm. Like really love the experience. Mm-hmm. Love the cheesecake. Every bite. <laughs> and then when it's done, it's done. It's okay. <laughs> It mm. didn't affect anything. It didn't change you. Yeah. It didn't make you bad or evil, you know? Mm. And, and so, it, I, and yes, I'm using cheesecake as, a, as an example of this, but we do this a lot in a lot of other areas of our life, mm-hmm. meaning especially Netflix. And, and, you know, I'm not here to tell people don't watch any streaming media. Heck, I've been watching a fair bit since we've been in this. this, this of course. But, but I balance it out. And, but I also recognize, you know, it's like I'm choosing to watch this now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not yeah. like a, a habit that's just automatic mindless and just yeah. just consuming my time or distracting me from doing other things that I want to be doing as well mm-hmm. you know and it's recognizing these tendencies in ourselves and and not beating ourselves up my, my wife is very good at this with with the women that she coaches you know it's like give yourself grace you know yeah. don't, don't and you said it right thing. at the beginning you said it right mm-hmm. at the start of our conversation you said mm-hmm. I am my own worst enemy right mm-hmm. we all are, are, are who is the worst enemy preventing us mm-hmm. from achieving the certain things we want in our lives and mm-hmm. you know you gotta go look in the mirror because mm-hmm. the guy's looking at you, you know, straight back mm-hmm. at you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, and so, son of a gun. I know. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. And, and so anyways, yeah, I, man, I, I know we could talk all day on this stuff. But, yeah, but I know. <laughs> there's been some great takeaways, great nuggets, man. And I, I, I love this conversation. Thank you. Yeah. No, I was going to say, yeah, yeah, it's hard to close off on this, but um, yeah. we, we are past the hour mark and I, I try know. to keep it to, <laughs> under that part. But um, sure. if, if there's any final thoughts. Um, you know, why don't we end this off with some final thoughts and a way to reach you? You know, we've talked a, a, sure. about a lot of things and I think if someone, just one person even wants to have a conversation mm-hmm. or, or start to follow you and, and get more of this, the content that you produce, cause we both are content creators. Yes, right? So, for sure. um, yeah. So give us some final thoughts and, and a way to, to follow you, reach you, find you online. Well, thank you. First of all, for the, for the opportunity, uh, Kyler, this has been a, a wonderful conversation and I love what you're producing in the world. And uh, I, I know this is going to help people. I, I always tell my wife, you know, at the end of the day, if I put my head on the pillow and I know I was able to positively impact someone's life, just one person, I had a great day, you know? And, and so the idea that, you know, one person's going to listen to this and potentially see just enough of a shift that they can see around that corner of that wall that's been up in front of them. And, and this is what I want to, to sort of leave on is this idea that as much as we may think that there's roadblocks in our lives that's preventing us from, from living into who we want to be, r- realize it, it, it's just your perspective in the moment that's limiting your belief around that, you know, about yourself. And, and so never stop challenging some of your belief systems. Question, why do I have this belief? 
you know, and it's like knowledge, right? Like I, I mentioned it earlier, you know, we, we might've heard it, we might've watched it, uh, we might've read it somewhere, but those are other people's ideas and opinions. And now we're adopting them as truth as our own. And if those things aren't serving us, we have to question the sources. And why do we put so much value in those, especially value those over our own life, right? Because mm -hmm. we're letting it limit us. And, mm -hmm. and it can go both directions. Uh, so please don't, don't take me out of context here and think, oh, okay, well, I'm not going to you know, lock onto any knowledge and just, just hope for the best. That, that's not yeah. what I'm saying. Um, no. but, but I want to just invite people, just embrace this one idea is that at any moment in time, at any moment, you can choose to change things. Like it, it literally is just, it happens in a flash of an eye, you know, like a blink of an eye, a flash, uh, just, it's up such, so quick, so quick. And it can go both directions so quickly. And, and so I want people to recognize they have that ability in them already. They don't need somebody like me and, and no offense to you, Father, they don't need someone like you. Like they don't need to go out and hire a coach or a guru or a mentor because uh, we, we have access to these tools already in us. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that they don't find people like us to help support them and, and hold mm -hmm. them accountable and give them a process and really assist them in achieving it quicker mm -hmm. and with less challenges for mm -hmm. sure. There's tremendous value in that. And I've hired a lot of people like that in my life, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I'm very grateful for that because it mm -hmm. always put me a level above, you know, every time leveling up, leveling up, leveling up. And it's nice to not know I have to do it on my own all the time. You know, it's mm -hmm. nice to, to be on that journey with others. And uh, so that's, that's my invitation. You know, it, just recognize that. And, and if anybody wants to ever have a conversation around how, uh, how to live a healthy lifestyle or, or, or more importantly, get to the nut of why you should want to live a healthy lifestyle, I, I'm a very good question asker. <laughs> I, I ask great questions that just get people thinking. Um, so you can reach me by my name on any social channel. I'm even on TikTok now. I haven't figured it out yet, but I'm on TikTok at Diamond Wall. Good job. Uh, every channel. And I invite people, you know, I'm very active on Instagram and Facebook. So, okay. uh, but websites got over 1500 articles and resources. They're all free. They're all there. Mm -hmm. Again, you have to take the action to go and visit and dive in. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's so much great content there. And awesome. uh, Kyler, thank you. And thank you for what you're doing in the world, man. It's really inspiring. And, and this conversation, I, I feel uh, highly motivated right now and energized and, <laughs> and just excited about the day. And, and I just want to thank you for that. And, and I know you're doing that in other people's lives uh, every day. So, so, so thanks for being that, that lead, that role model that we can follow. Mm -hmm. Thank you. No, Di, like it was a real pleasure. Obviously, we spoke way over an hour and I feel like I could continue to speak for hours about it. So no it, it was a real joy to have you on. And, and my final thoughts are, by the way, I'll put all of your information in the link below oh, cool. so people can sure. click on it, find you very easily so they don't have to go to the... I know your name is very unique, so it would yeah. pop up very fast, but I will save them the hassle Thank of you. Google search. Thank you. Um, but everyone learns how to ride a bike. Some people learn with a parent, with a brother, sister. Some people learn on their own, but we all learn how to ride a bike. You can learn yes. how to do these things on your own. And I agree with you. You don't have to hire me. You don't have to hire you. Yeah. Although it, it may help with a process yes. and a guide. Oh, for sure. Support, but you can. I learned yeah. this skill within six months. I huh. got a job that I you know, was managing all the content, all the production for the wow. company I'm still working for. Wow. And every day I'm learning. Right. So yeah. when you put your mind to something, I'm just a big believer that you can do it. Now, whether you choose, you want to do it, that's a different question, right? So <laughs> yeah. if you don't want to make content and you want to hire someone to make it, yeah, call me. <laughs> yeah. If you want someone to help you with your life and, and you just, you, you're so lost, you can't call you, you know, like it's mm -hmm. okay to have help. It's not self help. It's self development. Yes. Oh. Thank you. Oh, I like oh, that. That's, I that's like what I'm going to finish that. up with. <laughs> oh, there, there, you just got to drop your mic now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Don't so break we'll, it though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you all for watching and listening to the Making It podcast. Again, thank you, Dai Manuel, thank for you, coming Kyle. on. And uh, we are signing off. Take care. Peace.